Good morning, friends. It's me, Haley Graves, and welcome to episode 15 of the Daily Haley podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode. When I say this chick has one of the coolest jobs ever, I'm not exaggerating. I got to interview entrepreneur Mackenzie Berryhill, who is a traveling photographer. She specializes in elopements and goes to really adventurous locations. And she is seriously so awesome. I This was actually one of the craziest episodes to record because the first time we, we did our interview, I actually forgot to hit the record button and I realized it like 40 minutes into the interview. So we had to totally reschedule for the next day. And yeah, we got it done. So this is actually the second go around for the interview. But it was such a good conversation. She is so insightful and she has really honed in on creating a schedule that works for her as an entrepreneur. There's a couple times in the interview where we talk about our Enneagrams. And if you have not taken the Enneagram test, I encourage everybody to listen to this episode and then go Google the Enneagram and take a free test online. It is so insightful to your personality and traits that you have and her and I are both sevens which is the enthusiast and so we relate a lot to that in the episode so if you don't know your Enneagram number just side note this is not an ad but definitely go take the personality test and it will blow your mind but anyways I hope you all enjoy this episode and as always feel free to follow me at miss underscore Haley G on Instagram and shoot me an email at the daily Haley podcast with any and all feedback I love hearing from y'all so thank you and stay tuned Hello, friend, and welcome to the Daily Haley Podcast. I am your host, Haley Graves, and although I may be hosting the interviews conducted on this show, I am taking a seat right next to you as we both learn and grow from these amazing entrepreneurs from every field of the creative space. I am a mom, an up-and-coming entrepreneur, and your quirky friend next door. I am learning every day just as you are, so I hope we can do that together. This is a fun, interactive, safe space where we can have open conversations about money, hardships, growth, fear, and so much more. So whether you are on your morning run, cleaning the kitchen, or sitting in the office, welcome and let's get to it. So we'll just, I mean, we've already done this once, so we'll just do it all again. If you could just give listeners a quick introduction, a bio of who you are, where you come from, and all that jazz. Yes. So my name is Mackenzie Berryhill. I am an adventurous elopement photographer. And what that means, because some people are like, um, what? (laughs) Basically, (laughs) I love taking pictures of landscapes, but I really, really love people too. And so I finally just kind of found a niche that brings both together. So couples love to elope in adventurous landscapes, whether that be Archers National Park or Yosemite or on a beach or whatever. And I just get to go and hang out with them in really adventurous situations. So that's my job. My husband and I currently are converting a cargo van into a camper van. I'm living out of that part-time. And we have a really adorable dog named Nala. She's a Labradoodle. And that's pretty much my whole life right now. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. So have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or does this kind of come later in life? Kind of walk us through that. 
Yeah, no, honestly, that's a great question because now that I am one, I have the mental just mindset that like, how did I not want to be this ever since I was six years old? Like, why was there anything else? And, but honestly, like I really grew up with a poverty mindset. Um, My parents were incredible. They created a very safe environment for me, but they was po. (laughs) They was very poor. (laughs) And um, I think it just caused, unfortunately, and when I say poor, obviously, I hate saying that because relatively in America, it's, you, that's a whole nother subject. Right. We we're very well off for a world standard, Yeah. but, um, you know, there were times that we, like, I could not even go to a friend's house. I remember my freshman year of high school because my parents were like, we don't have the gas money to take you and be able to get to work tomorrow. So you have to yeah. tell your friend no. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah. this is ridiculous. And so I think because of that, I just kind of grew up with this poverty mindset and I never thought that really, like, I never even considered being a doctor. I never even considered being a lawyer. I never considered anything great for my life. I just never even thought it was, I pretty much always knew I'm not going to go to college. I don't have the money. I don't have the grades for it. So I never allowed myself to think big picture. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was kind of in my college years that where it be, um, the people I was surrounding myself with, the mentors I was surrounding myself with, church, just God, it kind of made me realize that my mentality was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I just slowly started chipping away at insecurity and that poverty mindset to start realizing, um, your options are limitless. Yeah. You literally limit yourself thing else, no matter where you come from. And so ever since my mentality changed, my desires changed. And then I started thinking really big and really outside of the box. And that's pretty much how I got here. Um, so long answer to no, I didn't always think about it. I was too insecure, but once I started getting good head on my shoulders, I was like, Whoa, wait, yes. The world is at my feet. Yeah. That's so interesting because I kind of had growing up, I kind of had the same mindset, but it was very interesting because my mom was an entrepreneur. So like she was doing the whole real estate thing, working from home, but then it was like my stepdad was working three jobs to try to make ends meet. And it was like, we almost lost our house and, you know, it was like beans and rice for weeks and weeks. And that's just what we lived on. And so for me, it was like, I was just, I grew up, you know, obviously we went to Maranatha and so I had kind of the same thought process, but it was like, I felt like ministry was my only option. I felt like that was just kind of what I was born into. And that was just kind of my only way. And so I didn't even consider going to like KU or K-State or pursuing dance, which I was really passionate about. Like it was like none of those options were open to me for some reason. It's so interesting. So that's that's crazy. I totally agree to that. It really is. And I think, you know, I ended up being a teacher when I was, you know, as an adult. And again, I didn't go to college. That's a whole other story in itself, how I was able to become a teacher (laughs) without a degree. Um, I basically interned a long time. But um, all that to say, it was such a big deal for me to be able to have the opportunity to teach seventh and eighth graders, which is such a core 
stage of life where people are learning literally everything. Their brain is developing the way their mentality is going to be pretty much the rest of their life unless they really work on changing it. And so it's like, I don't know, life is crazy. My aunt is a middle school teacher and she, I'm so serious when I say she is changing these kids' lives. I mean, they look at her as like a second mom and she's teaching within like, um, I, I don't want to say the ghetto, but, but in a very, very poverty stricken area. And so the kids that she's yeah. teaching, they don't have a lot of food. You know, some, some of them don't have clean clothes, running water. And so it's like, she's leaving this impact on these children. And I think that we, we overanalyze teachers and we don't give them enough credit for the work that they're doing. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, they are like parent almost. That is exactly true. And I mean, I think of critical moments in my life um, that unfortunately, I mean, I remember in, oh, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, I had a history teacher and I was not blessed with history skills, ironically, (laughs) because I ended up teaching history. (laughs) But as a like student, it was way over my head. I would not comprehend the books, especially the specific history class. It was um, like English history, like old English, like England, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the book was written in a lot of old English with like these and thous. And I was like, I don't understand any of this crap. And I went to the teacher. I kid you not. I went to the teacher early before school to get help because I was like, my grade is plummeting. I'm a sophomore. Like I need to work on this. Yeah. And I went up to her. I was like, Hey, can you help me before school? And she's like, what do you need help with? I was like, I legitimately have zero idea of what's going on. Yeah. I know we're in England and that's about it. (laughs) She's like, well, are you reading the book? I was like, yeah, I'm reading the chapters. (laughs) I just don't understand what I'm reading. Like I legitimately can't comprehend it. She's like, well, then you're just stupid. I can't, I can't help you. And I was like, Oh Oh my um, God. Okay. And I literally, that's, that is the moment I gave up on school. I never even tried after that. I barely passed high school. Yeah. And it's just those instances, like teachers don't understand how much influence they have, good and bad. Totally. And so, yeah. Gosh, well, that's Anybody really in life. (laughs) That is awful. It is awful. But I think it kind of put a fire in me too, to be a better teacher. I was like, I'm going to freaking make sure these kids know that they are like Superman and Wonder Woman. Like they are freaking amazing and they literally can do anything they want. Yeah. And that's what those seventh and eighth graders need at that age. I mean, especially going into high school and, you know, they're going through puberty and, you know, trying to figure out themselves just as humans and, it's, it's such a critical age. So that's awesome that you got to, you know, kind of leave your mark on them. I'll say. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what they look like in 10 years. If it's well, good, I'm going to take the credit. Well, and that's, so what something my aunt does, which this is, you know, rabbit trail, but she, so she, she gets them her, their sixth grade year and she has each of them write like a letter to themselves in as they're graduating high school. So like six years down the road, like you'll be, and she holds on to them. And then when they graduate, she mails them out. And she just, this past year was right um, before COVID started, or it was right after COVID started. She, she got to mail her first round of letters from six years ago. 
And she said she got so many calls and texts and emails from her students just crying and saying how much those letters Mm. meant to them and how it was like a pick me up for them and you know, how it just gave them the confidence to keep going in life. And so it's, it's so serious. I mean, she is, she is changing these kids lives. It's, it's incredible to watch. So props to you once again. That's, That's awesome. So, I mean, I feel like the podcast can be over. Wow. Your aunt is just like, <laughs> what amazing. That's incredible. It's really cool. I don't know it's if really I could cool. even keep up with letters that long. She, I don't know how she, she does it, but I mean, she goes to all of her students like football games. She is like, I mean, she really is like a second mom to them. And I think that it, it comes from, you know, where she's teaching at and more of a, that poverty yeah. school district. It's like, she's able to yeah. help them and, um, and, you know, give them something to look forward to when they come to her class. You know, it's not just, you know, you know, writing cursive and whatever. It's like, this is their, they are really being challenged, you know, mentally and emotionally and she's there for them. And it's, it's incredible what she, she's doing. So I don't know. Watching her do that, it's given me a new respect for teachers, especially that age. It group. really is. It's like, it's so incredible. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. That, it really so is. Was, I do know, I know a lot of teachers who are like that and I just commend them. Like they are, they're mm-hmm. incredible. They are literally the world changers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yep, it just, I love it. everybody has a different passion. I tried, I was passionate to entertain the students. I was passionate to be their therapist. I was not passionate for the paperwork <laughs> or the organization. So, yeah, which is a way big to, part of it. <laughs> it is, it is. And I just wasn't tough enough. Yeah. I admit it. I was weak and <laughs> it's like, oh, I have to find no, me something different. No, we, us Enneagram sevens, we, we, um, we're the enthusiast. We like all the fun stuff. We don't like the, <laughs> the, uh, monotonous paperwork and, you know, unless we oh, feel yeah. like we're getting something out of it, it's like, mm. like this mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, fuel my fire. It just see if I could have been making enough money as a teacher to see? outsource all the paperwork and grading, <laughs> then we're in, we're in a different ball game at that point, you know, right. but it's not quite enough, enough of a paycheck <laughs> to be able to do that. <laughs> okay. So back on topic, cause that was a huge no. rabbit trail, but so you and your husband are renovating this van, which I think the name of your, your van is so freaking cute. Do you want to tell us the, the name of your van? Cause it just makes me happy. <laughs> Yes. So I wish I could take credit for this name, but somebody actually commented on one of my things and was like, you should name it this. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so the name of the van is Vincent, Vincent Van Gogh, V-A-N-G-O, <laughs> and uh, Convince for short. And my husband is still deciding if he's a huge fan of it, but he couldn't come up with anything better. So He's stuck with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the name of the van. I thought it was witty and quirky and he thinks it's super cheesy, but you know, I think it's, it's perfect. fun. <laughs> it is perfect. Let me tell you, it's great. So was, I mean, this is, this is a huge thing for one to completely uproot your life, go to living on the road. Was that a spur of the moment thing? Or was this something you guys planned for a while? Was your husband supportive of it? Was he like, no way, Jose, like kind of walking (laughs) through how all that transpired? So uh, 
I have always wanted to live in a camper van. That is just me. That's my personality. I want the adventure. I want the thrill. I want the freedom. Don't hold me down to one place because homegirl is going to go everywhere always. Yeah. It's kind of like what I feel at my gut and inside. And some people are like, you crazy, especially my sister. My sister's the biggest homebody. Like she could live in the same house forever. And yeah. thinking about that gives me anxiety. Yeah. But, um, so I've always wanted it. I've always had a Pinterest board about it, but I never thought that my very chill vanilla husband would ever be okay with that. He's kind of a city boy. Didn't really camp when he was growing up. Yeah. Closest thing he got to camping was like a summer camp. Yeah. And so, so I just never even thought of it as an actual thing. Yeah. Then this last January, my man comes up to me and he's like, Hey, so I've been thinking, mind you, I have been working full time at six months at this point. Yeah. I have my own schedule and I'm traveling a lot for my job. So I think he's seeing that. And I think he's getting really jealous of the freedom I have with my job. Yeah. And so he comes up to me, he's like, Hey, so I've been thinking, and I'm going to know, what do you think about next year? I, you know, I, I stepped down from teaching. He's a teacher too. Our paychecks were incredible. Um, and, you know, let's step back. I'm going to be an entrepreneur with you. And we travel full time in a van. And I like jaw drop, eyes large, like What? <laughs> you are coming to me about living in a van? What is happening? Are you my husband? And so it was actually pretty funny, but yeah, so he actually had the idea. And of course I was like, um, yes, let's get on this. Took out all of my Pinterest boards. And I was like, okay, researching it all. At first we thought about a tiny house. Then we thought about a actual RV. Then we thought about a camper trailer. We ended at a camper van because it's just most cost efficient yeah. and it's most stealthy. That like the last two weeks, um, there was this really cute little park neighborhood, which we prefer neighborhoods because they're safe. If yeah. that makes sense. Like we feel the most safe inside of a cute little neighborhood. Yeah. And so, and because it's just your ordinary white cargo van, um, we were able to park at that park, let our dog Nala run around and say hi to families. Families feel totally safe with us and park it and nobody has a problem. It's not this huge RV taking up space. It's just like a normal car. Yeah. And so, so that's kind of what made us choose it. And it took a lot of thought process and, you know, COVID was, is yeah. <laughs> the bane of my existence. I don't know if I'm using that term right, but you know, it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for everybody, not just me. I lost a lot of money this year because of it, because of weddings being rescheduled or canceled because of COVID. Um, but the seven in me has to be enthusiastic. Think about the glass half full because of it. My husband was as a teacher had to work from home. And so he used the extra time he ended up having to get his insurance license, um, and work on a couple of, uh, deals with, uh, property and real estate. Yeah. And so basically we've used the last however many months, 10 months to kind of segue our income into more passive routes and finding ways for him to work on the road. And so he sells insurance for his dad and stuff. And he still wants to be a coach and a teacher and he's going to pursue that later. But his whole mindset was, I can't truly be a good coach and teacher if I'm constantly stressed about providing for my family because of the poor income I have with it. Yeah. And so his idea was, let's make 
let's get your business off the ground. Let's get a couple passive incomes and flows of passive income off the ground so that when we're having kids and I'm able to be a coach and be a teacher, I don't ever have to stress about money. I can coach that team and never regret it. I can coach yeah. that team and never feel bad about it because I feel bad I'm barely providing for my family or whatever. So yeah, so that's kind of what we're doing. And it's amazing. It's been a lot of research, yeah. a lot of learning. Yeah. I'm now a carpenter and electrician and <laughs> all of the things, but we love it. It's fits our lifestyle. That is incredible. Your husband sounds a lot like mine. Okay. So obviously this past year has been so stressful for a lot of families. People have lost money and I saw your Instagram post. It was like three or four days ago and you touched on three tips to stress less and get more done. And I feel like in the world that we're in right now with elections, with COVID, with, you know, we're coming on flu season now, it's like, there's so much built up stress within families, within individuals. And I feel like, you know, for my listeners, for sure, we need kind of that reassurance that it's all going to be okay. And however we can make it okay, we want to do that. So can you just go over those three tips to stress less with us? Because they were so freaking good that we just need it in our lives. So, <laughs> Yes. No, absolutely. This is the thing. You're talking to somebody who, if their mom was listening to this podcast right now, if my mom were listening, she would probably be like spitting up whatever she just drank in a ball full of laughter. Like, I'm sorry, you're asking my daughter for organization advice yeah. <laughs> um, because I am a very spontaneous fly with the wind and butterflies personality Yeah, and the organization does not come naturally to me, but because I have learned my personality as an adult, I have learned to adapt and over almost basically like overcompensate for it. Mm -hmm. And I've learned to be hyper organized because I know myself, if I'm not, I'm going to regret it. Yeah. And so basically I have the, these three specific things that I do in order to make sure that my week is flowing because I'm a personality that I want to do it all. And I want to do it all right now, which means I do everything halfway. Nothing gets done efficiently. I'm stressed at the end of it because I'm also a perfectionist because I want it to be good because it's not good. It's not fun. And so then by the end of the week, I've barely gotten anything done. I'm stressed as heck. I want to yeah. rest because I'm exhausted, but I feel guilty for resting because I still have this to-do list yeah. and everything is just chaos. And it's like, ah! Oh, oh my gosh. You're speaking under control right now. That's so me. <laughs> so I listened to a few podcasts, found a few different things, listened to a couple different mentors and figured out a way that works for me. And so I really encourage like all of you listeners that are listening, like take this and mold it to your personality in the way that works best for you. And it's going to take time on the front end. It's going to take time. And if you even have a pen or paper with you, like I encourage you to start like doing it as we're talking and like maybe like adjusting your list, like whatever helps you best. Um, it will take time on the front end though. Uh, one thing I do use with this to-do list I'm about to talk about is Google calendar. Google calendar has saved my life, everything in my life. And we're going to talk about it in a second is organized by color codes in Google calendar. It took me a day to make it all happen. 
And so I took a day of my life and I made my entire life planned from taking the dog out to when I'm going to post Insta stories, to what days I'm going to work on social media, to what days I'm going to edit, et cetera. Um, but that has saved my life because Google Calendar has reminders and it can send your phone a reminder of, hey, reminder, between now, for the next two hours, you're supposed to be working on Instagram. And it just kind of helps me because I know, oh, on Thursday, I don't have to stress about whatever my Instagram post is going to be because I've already done that. I know it's set aside, et cetera. Yeah. So that's kind of, um, so anyways, so the first thing I do is on Sunday night or whatever is like the beginning of your week, for me at Sunday nights, I take everything that is floating and racing in my mind and I put it on paper, literally everything. What do I have to do this week? Well, I need to take knowledge to the groomers. I need to go grocery shopping. I need to do the laundry. I need to make sure I edit these galleries, but I also need a location scout for this person. But I also need to reach out to this person about their wedding, but I also need to work on my website. But I, and I like have a thousand things going on. So I put it all on paper. And then once you have it all on paper and everything you can see, I'm a very visual person. So that just helps me to see it. Okay. It's out of my mind. It's on paper. Right. I then break it down into what is actually and technically called the Eisenhower method. Um, it's what I use to organize my overwhelming to-do list. And basically it just breaks it down into four different groups. The four different groups are one, the very first is important and urgent. The second is important, but not urgent. The third is not important and it's not urgent. And the fourth, I'm sorry, the third is not important, but it is urgent. And the fourth is not important and it's not urgent. So breaking those down to simplify, because I know that's a lot of importance and urgence all together. It's kind of confusing, <laughs> um, but <laughs> for real, but just, so basically the first category is going to be what is the highest priority for your life. It is really important and it's urgent that you get this done. So things like if you're selling your house and you have a closing date that's coming, oh, this week I'm closing on my house. I have to be at the store or you know what I mean, title company to sign. Yeah. That is very important that you be there and it's urgent. You can't reschedule that. I mean, you could, but it's really annoying. Um, so it's an urgent, important thing that you're not going to move that around to do something else. You're going to make that priority. Yeah. Um, another thing that would be priority, like specific to me in my life is, okay, I have a wedding this Thursday night that I have to be at. I cannot reschedule that. Okay. <laughs> like that is urgent. That is important. I mean, so that's at the very top of my priority list. The second category are the things that they are really important to your life, but they're not necessarily urgent. So for me, and again, you guys take it as, and put it into your life, whether you are an artist or creative or an entrepreneur, or maybe you are like a tax code writer, or I don't know, you're an insurance adjuster or a real estate. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody has their thing. And so for me, the second category of it's really important for me, but it's not necessarily urgent would be something like taking my business and creating like right now this week, my important, but not urgent thing is setting up a professional Pinterest account, um, where I can start to get, um, traffic to my website, website, <laughs> websites from people. And I don't have to put a lot of work into that. That's just, it's a, marketing scheme for creatives. And that's something that's really important to my business. And I want to work on that. But if something came up, I could push it aside It's yeah. in the forefront of my brain, but it's not urgent. Uh, the third category is it's not important, but it's very urgent. 
these are what I consider the really annoying things that seem just like nagging distractions. Um, It would be something like, I have to do the laundry this week, or I have to go grocery shopping, or I really need to take Nala to the groomers, or my husband locked himself out of his truck. I need to bring, go pick him up and get that figured out. Like those are just, those are like just the annoying things that we all have those things that will pop up in our life and they have to get done and they have to get done now whether we like it or not. Yeah. And so that's an, that's the third list. And then the fourth list is the, it's not necessarily important and it's not urgent, but you desire to do it or it still is something that has to be done at some point. So things that come into that category, it tends to be, you know, your social outings or me time, rest, whatever. And as I say, all these things like the importance or the priority for different things will ebb and flow. Sometimes rest is going to have to be that it is very important and is that very urgent that you rest or you could die. (laughs) You could go into a mental breakdown, like, you know, or it could be simply your mental health. You realize I haven't seen friends in a month. I need to plan a day this week where I at least see a friend or have a girl's night or do something. So your friends go from not important, not urgent to, um, my mental health is really important and urgent. I need to make sure I schedule that in this week. So obviously things will ebb and flow, but it's basically a way for your mental process to be a little more at ease, a little more peaceful. You have these four different lists and everything has a place. And so, so I make the big to-do list, then I organize it in those four categories. And then finally, what has really helped me is creating a specific time for everything. Everything has a place. And when everything has a place, you don't have to feel guilty. And so the biggest thing for me in my personal personality is I feel guilty when I rest or unfortunately have fun. Yeah. And it's just because I know how many things I need to be getting done with my business. But when I plan ahead and I say, okay, I am taking this Saturday as a rest day. I'm not doing any work. I'm not answering any calls. I'm not looking at my emails. I'll set my clients up beforehand. And I just block out that Saturday to hang with friends, rest and do whatever. If I want to watch the bachelorette all day, I'll do it, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And when I do that and I have it set ahead of time and I'm prepared for it, then when Saturday comes, I'm not stressed. Totally. Like I got all my things done. Everything has its place. I don't have to feel guilty about resting. Do I have things that need to get done? Yes, but they are scheduled for next week. Or, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Everything is scheduled to a T. That's so great. How long did it take you to build this consistent structure? Did it take you a few weeks to like get into the habit of really doing it consistently? Oh, getting into the habit of sticking to it is definitely like a long-term process. And I think that just depends on the personality. Yeah. Um, For me, I would say that making these lists categories and giving everything a specific time helps my mentality to know when I can say no and when I can say yes. Yeah. Um, and to expand on that, basically it's almost like a guideline for me. So in my, my Google calendar every day at 10 AM, it pops up. Have you written 
or done a Instagram story yet. And I can think, oh, because obviously I'm not just living by that. If I have something that really funny happened at 6 a.m. this morning, then I'm going to post about it. Like if my dog does something hilarious and I know that the people who follow me will love it and think it's funny, then I'm going to post. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to have that reminder to keep me in check, it's like, oh, wait, I haven't posted yet today. Let me find something creative or inspirational to post. Um, And so it basically just keeps me in check. It makes sure that life is flowing the way it should be. Because if I go without a planner, if I go without that schedule, my life will end in chaos. It's kind of like, so maybe you're the type of person that can relate to this. I can be a clean person. My bedroom can be clean if everything has its place. Yeah. If there's a place for dirty laundry, if there's a place for my shoes, like everything has its specific cabinet or little nook, then my room will always be clean. But if you give me an empty space with no organizational boxes or anything, it will be a pile in the middle of the floor. (laughs) Yes. So I have learned to just grit through the process of making those spaces yeah. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. making my room in a way that everything has a place or making my schedule to where every to do is in its place. Yeah. And once you set that up, I'd say it probably took me about a week and to efficiently set everything up with obviously because life goes on at the same time. Yeah. And so to make my Google calendar to decide, cause you are also making decisions. When is the best time for me to work on social media posts? When yeah. is the best time for me to edit is it better when, cause everybody has their time of day where they have the most energy for some people yeah. that's first thing in the morning. For some people it's between like noon and four for other people. It's actually between six and like 10 PM. Yeah. And then there's those really crazy people that are like, I get the best stuff done in between midnight and 4 AM. It's like more power to you. Right. But everybody's different. And yeah. that's why I love entrepreneurship. I have learned I get the best work done I, when I eat breakfast, I answer emails, I work out. And then in between like 11 to four, 11 to three is I am in the zone. Nothing can distract me. I'm getting so many things wiped out. My creativity is flowing. So that's when I do those really hard tasks. The things that are going to really take my mental power. I schedule that out during those specific times. Whereas editing doesn't take a ton of mental power obviously it's being creative, but I can do that at 10 o'clock at night, even when I'm tired. And it's also because I'm passionate for it. I love creating, but it's easy for me to do it any time of day, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I freaking love that. And you're just, I just could listen to you all day. I really could. Thanks. I hope the listeners feel that way. I tend to feel like I talk way too much or expound on an issue way too much, but hey, you know, everybody lives and learns. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Okay. So any advice for somebody who wants to do something out of the box, similar to what you did, whether it's exactly what you did or, or maybe something that their friends and family think is crazy, any advice for them? Yes. I... This is my number one advice is if you have an idea that's been just almost like somebody who's pestering you, like tapping on your shoulder, like, Hey, Hey, pay attention to me. Hello. Listen to me. Almost like a dog, you know, you know, like animals will be like, first they sit right next to you. Then they nudge their nose into you. Then it's the 
paw on you and then it might be the googly eyes and it's just like they are screaming for attention if you have something in the back of your mind that is screaming for your attention has been nagging you and you've put it away you're like and you've tried to shake it off and it just keeps on coming back that is something that I think is inside of you for a reason. Find somebody who's done it before you. Find the podcasts who talk about it. Find the YouTube videos. Find the movies all about it and be inspired by it. Yeah. And see how they did it and learn from them. And if you're doing something or have an idea that's never been done before, there are lots of people who have been in those shoes who have gone after things that have never been done before. Learn from them. They might not be tackling the same thing as you, but they were in the unknown just like you're about to be. And you can learn from other people. There's always there's nothing new under the sun and you can always learn and be inspired by somebody else who did it in a great way before you. So if you're a little afraid and everybody thinks you're crazy, go be inspired by other people, get some feedback from people who have done it. And then eventually you just kind of have to listen to your gut and pray and figure out what's best and just trust your gut. Yeah. I love that. It's so true though, because it's like people before you, they've already paved the way. So let them pave the way and learn from them, figure it out, you know, find it's, it's kind of like what, 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 what you did, like you shared your systems and then it's like myself or li- li- listeners can take what you did, write it all down and figure out what works for them, what doesn't, how to change it, how to maneuver it. It's such a beautiful thing. So I love it. It really is. I mean, the thing that s- stumps humans the most is fear of failure. Yeah. We don't want to fail. We don't. And for me, especially it's the fear of wasted time. Yes. I don't want to put all of my time, energy, effort, money into something that's not going to give me any return. Yeah. Like that stresses me out. And yeah. so having that confidence that wait, no, somebody else did this. Yeah. Somebody else went before me they did the same thing or something similar. If they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so you also have to, I mean, there are books. Okay. Hold on. Hold the phone. There are books that sh- changed my life because obviously you can listen to somebody, but if you don't have the security and the self-worth that it takes to say, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Then you're still not going to get anywhere. Totally. So books that changed my life and helped me have that confidence and understanding is the first one. And this is kind of basically these books are going to give you a little hint into my journey because yeah. it's like taking me from like depths of despair and grudges and insecurity to life of freedom. Yeah. But, um, the book uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst. Okay. So good. So good. I really, re- there's a lot of traumatic things that happened to me in my lifetime. And I was holding a lot of grudges that I didn't even realize about it. And it was affecting the way I viewed people and dealt with people. Yeah. And so this book, Uninvited, is all about that and all about how you learn to get out of that just feeling of rejection yeah. and just and move on. And then there's a book called The Best Yes, which is also by Lisa Turkhurst. I'm a yes person and I am usually a slave and over commit myself because I can't stop saying yes to people. And so the best yes by Lisa Turkhurst helps you say your best yeses. And then, you know, some people don't like it because of the wording. Um, You know, I don't think any book is a hundred percent true. You have to go and take as you, you know, you know what I mean? um, You are a badass is such a good one. Such a good one by Jen. I'm not going to say her last name, right? Sincero. Yeah. Um, such a freaking good one. Building a story brand by Donald Miller is such a freaking good one. 
um, let's see, The Infinite Game. Have you heard of The Infinite Game? No, I haven't. Uh, oh my gosh. That one changed the whole way I viewed so many things, especially when it comes into building your own business and entrepreneurship. Yeah. The Infinite Game by, oh, what is his name? Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Yeah. S-I-N-E-K. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyways, sorry. I went on a little bit of a nerdy uh, <laughs> No, that's incredible. With books. No, I those... wrote down all of them. So the only one that, that I've read is You're a Badass, which is absolutely incredible, yeah. but I am going to look into all the other ones as well. I'm such a huge personal development, whatever I can do to, <laughs> you know, get to, to the next level. As long as I'm better, as long as I'm competing with myself and I'm better than I was yesterday, that's the goal. And that's what we exactly. all should be striving for. So that's incredible. I cannot wait to listen. Exactly. I love it. Okay. Well, where can listeners follow you online? Where are you located? Yes. So my parents are pretty hippie. So my <laughs> name is Kinsey Sky. Like my real name is Mackenzie Sky, but I go by Kinsey Sky. That is spelled K I N S E Y. S-K-Y-E. And that's on everything. You can find me on TikTok at Kinsey Sky. You can find me on Instagram, Kinsey Sky, Facebook, Kinsey Sky. It's all the same. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. This was so amazing. I appreciate your time and this is such valuable information and I'm for sure going to be going back and taking some pretty detailed notes. Thank you. Thank you. And if any of your listeners, if you're getting married and you want to get married in an adventurous location, reach out. I know. I, I want to meet you. you. Seriously. I told you last night that my bet, one of my best friends is eloping in Colorado and I am going to tag her and all your, your stuff. I'm going to shoot her a text to let her know that you are the gal for the job. So thanks. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the daily Haley podcast. If you are looking to connect outside of these weekly episodes, you can follow me on Instagram at ms underscore Haley G, or you can email the daily Haley podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for the continued support and have a great week.